jump off at uh, um, our, our main text is John 3.16, but I want to give some context here. There's a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evident that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Stay up here. Um, We're going to talk about love. That's going to be in your heads all day long. You know, I don't know if it's still a thing or if it was a thing when uh, uh, recently, but uh, back in the, in the dark ages when Sarita and I first got together, um, couples who were going together, we called it going steady, and I'd, you know, you'd give your class ring to her and she'd wrap Angora around it or put it on a chain and put it around her neck. Uh, my, my daughter, oldest daughter, when she uh, fell in love with Joel, uh, took one of the lug nuts off his car and put her angora around it and wore it around her neck. Um, it, it was love. Um, everybody had a song. You just heard our song. You know, it's, it's when it came on the radio, you say, that's our song, and no one else could claim that song because that was our song. And... And so every time my girl played, it told these, these, these piranhas at my high school to keep their hands off of Sarita. She was my girl, because that was our song. And it put everybody on notice that, that it, was, it was kind of a, a signature of our love for each other. In fact, that's when, when she calls, that song plays. She's my girl. And 
we're God's kids because he loves us. Pop singer Tina Turner back in 84, do you hear that, Benjamin? 84, real music. No, go ahead, you can go. No, I just wanted to point you to to real music. (laughs) Tina Turner sang, uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? And and, uh, she called love a second-hand emotion. Elton John, he he said, if you can feel the love tonight. Wondered if you can feel the love tonight. And Dolly Parton crooned that she would uh, always love you. So songs about, about love... Uh, are, are really not about love at all, but, but rather about affection. That, that, uh, that longing, goose-bumpy, sweaty palms uh, emotion. And, and this love runs hot and cold, and it usually runs cold after a few weeks. <laughs> and it brings tears of joy, uh, tears of depression, screams of excitement and disappointment as well. What I'm talking about this morning is a different kind of love. It's not that phileo love, that friendship love. It's the agape love. It's the love that uh, John 3.16 talks about. The love that the Bible speaks about in in John 15. John 15, 13 and 14 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, now, there there are Bible teachers that mistakenly will uh, we'll translate this or, or uh, uh, read it as the um, I, I care for you so much, Gary, that I'm willing to die for you. That's, that's the truth. I, I certainly would. But that's not what the Scripture is saying. The Scripture is talking about the, it, when you look at the, at the entire 15th chapter, it's talking about Jesus calling those who love Him and are his, are friends. And so the reality is that Jesus calls us friends, and we, as his friends, are who he died for. And Jesus did not die for himself, but he died for us that we might live. And this is evidenced in Romans 5, 6 through 8. It says, when we are utterly hopeless, utterly hopeless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his love, great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In our text today, John 3.16, very familiar. Uh, this morning, I probably, uh, who, who would, would say that this is the first verse of Scripture I ever memorized? Me. That, 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 that was mine too. The... Uh, it leads me to two observations. And the first is, uh, uh, what does it, uh, it, it shows us uh, some very specific things. So the first thing is, what does John 3.16 show us today? And the second thing is, uh, love is the real deal. Love is, is real, it's genuine, it's authentic. It can't be synthesized, it, it can't be... Uh, marginalized, sometimes it is, but the love of Jesus Christ cannot be. So we've memorized it, we've quoted it all of our lives, but I want to point out what it shows us today. For God so loved the world shows us that He has feelings for people. He has deep, deep feelings 
for people. And not just the saved. He has feelings for the unsaved as well. He wants to see the unsaved come to Christ. This fallapalooza, I love that word, I love that, that, that name. This, this fallapalooza that we're going to do, friends, it isn't about us. It's about us taking the word of God to the unsaved. That's what love's got to do with it. That's John 3.16 applied in its fullest. We are the world and we were made in the image of God and if one cannot truly love others until they love themselves first is proof of how God loves us. Because it's written. Love's an action word. It, uh, it's uh, descriptive of... Of what, uh, of what he has done for us. To love is to put you first and me last. That's love. And, and see, this isn't just about boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. It's about love for the brethren. This, this, is, about, this is about love for my church. This is about, if Jesus loved me that much, I need to show you that same amount of love. Now, I'm going to express my love for you differently than I'd, I'd express it to Sarita. The, there's, there is that, that wonderful picture, though, that as children, we love our parents. And part of that love is respect. We love our grandparents, and part of that word is that we respect them, we honor them, we obey them. That's love. That's the love that Jesus Christ was talking about, the no-strings-attached love, that agape love. And, and so that's where we get this, what's, God, what's, what's love got to do with it. It's, it's, he loved us that he gave his son, and it wasn't for a show, it wasn't for religion, it wasn't a separation of people, you know, the sheep and the goats. He gave his only son to save us so that he could have a relationship with us. If you weren't in, in our Bible study this morning, you, you, you really missed something. Because, because we laid all of that out. There was a relationship in the beginning that God had, and that relationship was with man, and it... it his plan was that it would go on forever, that we would have eternal life forever. But because of sin, it entered into the world. Sin separates us from God. And the plan then is we are no longer able to have a relationship with God. But, but because of sin, we now are on a fast track to death. Spiritual death. Well, what have you sacrificed? You as an individual, what, what sacrifices have you made for Jesus Christ? And I, I'm not talking about works, but what have you given up in the name of love? The Bible tells us that love endures all. Love endures everything. But, but does the love of Jesus Christ really and truly, in, uh, does it really and truly endure? Or, or have we changed love to mean that, that our right now needs are met. When things are good, I love you. When things are going all, uh, going, when, when you are doing all that I want you to do, I love you. 
When my bills are being paid, I love you. You're going to work every day and you're making sure that the bills are paid. You're staying home as a, as keeping, keeping the home, making the, home a, the house a home. I love you. As long as it's for me and about me, I love you. That's what the world has done to the word love. But when the things become bad and the honeymoon is over, when I stop focusing on you, when I run out of money and I run out of time, when I can no longer cope with life's struggles, love fails to make me happy again. Fails to make me happy at all. Families fall apart, friendships die, relationships and marriages break up. Out with the old, in with the new is the new way, and we've gotten into the habit of not wanting to put up with obstacles or certain people. Every church, every church has those people that that may be disagreeable. I love Linda Voss's story about her first encounter with me. She couldn't stand me. She didn't hate my guts, but she sure didn't like to hang out with me. But you know, I charmed her. Jesus and the Holy Spirit started working in our lives, and I became a little more palatable. So we're friends. And if I should have to live my life for you, my sister, I would do that. I'd do it for you first. Here's the deal. That's what love is about. That's what Jesus has, has put down for us. His love is unconditional. Our model, Jesus Christ, for everyday life, won't give up on us. You can give up on me. You can get tired. You can, you can say, I, I want something new. I want something fresh. I want something that, that uh, is just uh, wows the crowd and brings them in. We pack this place out. We've got to get a, a, a building program to, uh, to be able to house the, all the people that are coming. You can do that. But regardless of our behavior, regardless of my sinful behavior, and you know, we all have that. Every single one of us has a sinful behavior. Regardless of that, God hasn't given up on us. Jesus Christ hasn't given up on us. Because His love is unconditional. You say, well, you know, Cain, when he, when he killed Abel, he said, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, you are, Cain. And we are our brother's keeper. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to help keep each other. But love is required for all of that to take place. With love, the homeless are housed. With, with love, the beggar is fed. The backbiting stops. With love, the addicted are helped. With love, the darkness turns to light. That's what love has to do with it. Well, the second thing, love is real. Love is a real deal. So, so what does that mean? Well, John 13, 34, 34 through 35 says, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Okay. Think about the love of Jesus. Think about what he endured. He endured the cross, but prior to the cross, he endured the trial. Prior to the cross, 
that kangaroo court wanted to string him up by the thumbs. Prior to the cross, they stripped him of his clothes and beat him and then put, him, put on him a crown of thorns. They mocked him. Think about what that humiliation must have been. How embarrassed you would be if you were accused of wrongdoing and you never did it and they drug you out into the courtyard, took your clothes away and started beating you. And, and to add insult to injury, they mocked you as hail king of the Jews and crowned you with this crown of thorns. And then that wasn't enough. They killed him. So they hung him on the cross. And not once did he say, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. With the love Grace also has come, and by this, grace, faith, and love, through this, we're saved. For God so loved the world comes into play here. He loved us so much that He endured all of that, never once complaining, never once saying, I know that, 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 that Terry Troth down the road, she is going to be the biggest, and she's not worth it. Never once He said that. All he did was say from the cross, he wrapped his arms around you and me. He said, I love you, honey. And I'm going to die for you. Jesus came with love for all people. He didn't care what color you are. He didn't, he didn't care what political persuasion you are. <laughs> Jesus even died for the Democrats. All backgrounds. He didn't care if you were rich or poor, or sick in body or sick in mind. He didn't, he didn't care if maybe your, your particular sexual persuasion was of a different nature, and we call it sinful, and it is. But he didn't care about that. He said, I love you. Don't like what you're doing, but I love you. And he came. He doesn't, he doesn't care if a person is bi, tri, high, or... or or dry. <laughs> he doesn't care if you've been sprinkled or stuck into the water and held you under until you couldn't breathe anymore and then drug you up. He didn't care about all of that. He just cared about our hearts willingly coming to Him. Here, here lies the problem. We're children of... We're, we're, we're God's children. God loves us. The problem is that children don't love or, or won't love each other back. You know, we, we fight against each other, try, trying to tear down others' uh, hopes and dreams. We look down on the poor in spirit. We fight and argue with our brother and sister, bent on doing them harm. Oh, no, 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 that's not what we were doing. We were just trying to educate this poor, unlearned person. Now, I, from your words, you hurt. You hurt this person deeply rather than building them up and loving them through this. We, don't, we, we tear each other apart by the latest gossip that's going around and, and are breaking up homes and hurting careers of others. Our children are being bullied in school, bullied on Facebook, bullied in church. 
on the playground. Where are the lifting up words? Where's the edification? Where's the love? We who are Christians are called to a higher standard. And if, if this infiltrates the church, John 3.16 won't matter much. People will respond negatively with what's, God, what's love got to do with it. Small wonder church attendance is on the decline. Small wonder that our young people are going someplace where the lights are bright and the songs are, are snazzy and, and we have smoke and mirrors and, and strobes and stuff going on and there's something happening every single night of the week. And it's enjoyable. And it's, and it's giving these kids something to do. And we're wringing our hands saying, what's love got to do with it? They're leaving. Why aren't they coming back to us? Why aren't they here being, being people who will start the things that they're wanting? Well, it's not that easy. We've been set aside to be the light in darkness and to know God is to know love because God is love. 1 John 4.20 Look at what this says. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we can't see? I've never seen God. I've seen the results of Him. I've never seen a spiritual entity. I've I've never had a vision But I know through His Word and I know through my life that God is real. I know that God made a difference. And so I say I love God and yet I'm standing or sitting or whatever I'm doing saying, I don't like that miserable buzzard. All they do is cause trouble. All they do is backbite. All they do is want to fight. All they do is want to hold us back. And God says... Wait a minute, you're telling me that you love me and you're acting like you don't love your brother. You hypocrite. You're a liar. If God calls me a liar, um, I'd have my attention. He, He would have my attention. So we need to really understand that that's part of that John 3.16 love. It's really part of what's, what's love got to do with it. Well, you're what's God, what's love got to do with it. It's about you. And it's about me and it's about how we treat each other and it's about how we respond in love to the message God gives us. God's saying, how can you say that and love me and not love a Christian brother or sister? You can't see me, but you say you love me, but the guy you're sitting next to in the church house, you can't stand. Liar. We need some Jesus love on board in spite of Christians today. So you ask, what's love got to do with it? It's, it, it better be John 3.16. Love can be heard by the deaf man. Love can be seen by the blind man. Felt by the man who has no feelings. Martin Luther King said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Love each other anyhow, the way God loves us. God speaks to his people through people. And it wasn't the nails that held Jesus on the cross. He could have gotten down. He could have said, I'm out of here, this isn't worth it, no matter how bad. And, and yet he, he, he gave his life on the cross just for us because of a love that he shared with his Father for his children, a love that's never going to die. John 3.16, love. 
A love that's worth the sacrifice even on the cross. His love had him pray, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive all of them. Right then he stood in the gap for all of yours and my wrongs. Right then he, he, he stood in the gap for all your rock throwing at one another. Right then he stood in the gap so you would not die but so that you could live eternally with him. And if Jesus can forgive us while dying on the cross... we can forgive too. We have to die on our own cross every day then pick it up and follow him. So answer it to yourself. What's love got to do with it? We're going to have people come here, hopefully, and it's my prayer and I hope that that you who are prayer warriors are praying, Lord, send us the unsaved. Send us people who are, who are confused and hungry for the gospel. They may not understand it, but they know they need truth. Maybe, maybe our fallapalooza is going to be the thing that, that brings people to the cross. That's my prayer. And you're going to come in contact with these, these men and women and kiddos. And this would be the time where they say, you know... Friend, I don't understand a word you're saying. But I know there's an emptiness in me. And you respond by saying, Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, speak to this person. And then you look at that individual and say, if you truly want to be saved, if you truly want this this relationship that's eternal, if you want it, Pray this prayer with me. And the prayer won't save you, my friend, but what your heart is, is your heart condition, that's what saves you, what your desire is. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I don't understand it, but right now, in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life. Save me from that sin. And I believe that when you died on that cross, you died in my place, that I could live with you forever in heaven. And I thank you for that in your son's precious name. Amen. One, two, 20. I don't know. Maybe none. But we're going to be obedient. And we're going to be here. We're going to be that beacon of light for the unsaved. We're going to have communion. Matt, if you.